Thank you, Ginny. She does this every year, especially when I speak. Just let me love you the same, Lord. I'd like to welcome you to the San Ramon Valley Bible Church today. We have some guests from Lebanon today. They didn't know I was from Lebanon, or I didn't know they were coming. They looked at the Internet. Thank God for the Internet. Our website is great. Thank you, Randy, uh, for that. And uh, uh, it's not only visitors. They remind me, she reminds me, she says, if you remember Habib. I said, I remember Habib. She remember his wife, Colette? I said, yeah. And you know what? That's her sister here. Rosette is her sister. Rosette and her daughter, welcome to worship with us. And we started. We started reminiscing a little bit. And uh, they were uh, Habib and his wife, Colette, her sister, uh, Rosette's sister, that is. Are very, they were one of our best friends that we had in Lebanon. And we spent great times with them. They are charming and wonderful people, and they're still doing okay. What a small world, after all, right? Disney was right. <laughs> I like it. You know, when I go to Disneyland, this is not, this is not in my script here today. When I go to Disneyland, I see, last time I saw, it's a small word after all, twice. But I go there and I see everything from the outside by walking. But the one I love to look at see is, and see is, are two things. Lincoln, if you didn't see him yet, the first, the first attraction on the right side when you enter there. Because it's a patriotic thing, and I would encourage you to go there and see Lincoln delivering his Gettysburg address. Oh, so wonderful. And the next one, at the end there, it's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. And they are living, they live in Canada. They were visiting, they're visiting here uh, in Danville, and they looked at our website, and they found it, and thank God, that they found us, and you're welcome, and we welcome you in the name of the Lord. Now, we have uh, to continue praying. So many people are sick today, including Dean. Dean is sick, and so many are at home. Pray for them. We miss them all. I hope this week they will be okay, and next Sunday we'll see the full church here, and we'll enjoy it together. This is the last sermon of 2012. We are soon to say goodbye to this year, and uh, we are thankful that we are all here, those who are here this morning. I would like to bring you a word from the Bible, 1 Samuel. I want to read a verse or two, chapter 7. And in order not to read the whole chapter for the sake of time, I want to give you a, a little story about this chapter, and then we'll go on with our message. It's always 
very hard when we approach the end of a relationship or employment or when it is necessary for people to relocate and it's very hard to say goodbye especially those people who are dear to our hearts. It's also true concerning us as we approach the end of the year. Regardless of the successes that we had or the disappointments that we've seen, it's always, it's always sad to say goodbye. But let's look back And thank God with gratitude for what he has done in our lives last year or this year. Amen. In this chapter, in order not to read it, this is what happened. The children of Israel just left God and started worshipping idols. And they wanted to do like all the nations around them are doing. So left, they left God, they intermarried, and they lived the way they thought this is life. In fact, they didn't have a king yet, and they approached Samuel who was a prophet, and they were ruled or governed at that time by prophets coming in and servants of God. And later on, they wanted to, to have a king like other nations. But, here we see them leaving God, doing their own thing, worshipping idols, erecting monuments to idols, and they were overruled by the enemies, the Philistines. They fell into Idolatry all over the whole nation of Israel. Then Samuel, they came to Samuel. Said, what shall we do? He prayed for them and asked them to do two things. He encouraged them to confess their sins. Repent and turn from false idols into the true God. The God of their forefathers. The people, you know what happened? They responded. He then offered a sacrifice of burnt offering for them to the true God. And on that day, the Lord thundered on their enemies and confused them in the battlefield so that they were routed before all Israel. And then Samuel took a stone there and set this stone between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, meaning the stone of hell. And he said in 1 Samuel 7, 12. And he said, thus far the Lord has helped us. And today, after that, before today, the Lord subdued the Philistines all the day, the days of Samuel. Thus far... The Lord has helped us. When I was walking a week ago, I said, Lord, what, what, tell me what to speak on Sunday. 
This is the end of the year. And I was just thinking. And then a small, still voice said, Adol, thus far, the Lord has helped us. In other words, up till this moment, the Lord has helped us. Can you say amen to that? He has helped us. And I started studying this subject, and I came up with three points. I want to share them with you quickly. First of all, I remembered that he put a stone there in order to remember whenever they pass by and remember when they see the stone. This is the stone of, what did I say? The stone of help. And to remember God himself, what he's done. Number one. This stone is for remembrance and encouragement. I don't know, I'm not asking you to go put in front of your house a stone. And every time you see it. But no, there should be a moment in your life on a daily basis where you can come back and say, Lord, thank you for helping me through this day. It's not easy, especially nowadays in our lives. It's not easy to go through a day alone without the help of God. And when you reach the point where you climb into your bed and when you go and pray in your bed and to think that, thank you, Lord, this far you have helped me. We're not talking about tomorrow. We're not talking about yesterday, day by day. And we can say as a church, be being here, and thank God for being here, saying, Lord, up to this moment, you have helped me. It's a stone of remembrance and encouragement. And our story today is no different than the story that happened to the children of Israel Israel, thousands of years ago. We err, we confess, and what happened, and he forgives. Don't we have a great God? Don't we have... Ah, forgiving God. He doesn't hold grudges. He never forgets except one thing. He forgets our sins. He forgets our iniquities. And if we look at the past year, we wonder what happened to ourselves and aspirations. You know, every, every year people say, did you have a New Year's resolution? Uh, many people say, yeah, I have resolved. I knew, I'm, I probably told you this story. A friend of mine, I was working a uh, long time ago at Pan American, and then he was sitting by me, okay? And his name was Arthur. I said, Art, how, how is it with you today? The first, second day of the new year. I said, I have made a resolution. I said, good, what was it? He said, he was a chain smoker, by the way. He was a chain smoker. He said, I have made this resolution to cut my smoking into half. I said, what kind of a resolution is this? Tell me you quit. He said, no, no, I can quit. I want to cut it into half. He said, look, I've cut it into half. He opened, he had a very nice golden, uh, golden, uh, uh, yeah. He puts his cigarettes in. Every cigarette was cut into half. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> I, I laughed in my heart. I was saved. His that. I said, okay, is this, you're, you're going to tell me you are going to smoke half a cigarette whenever you feel like smoking. And smoking was allowed in our offices, you know. When I used to get home, my wife said, you smell cigarette? I said, I know. Don't worry. I, and she knows I don't smoke, but my, my clothes, my hair, we smell cigarette. So, the first week, I said, how is it going? I watched him. How is it going? He was smoking half, but he's getting more nervous. Second week, he finished the first half. I looked around to find out. He took the other half, and he lighted the other half from the one in his, in his mouth. I said, I'm not going to say one thing. Then the other one, then after about five, ten minutes, he took another half, smoked it, and get, and started getting the other half. I said, Art, what happened to the resolution? He said, well, it's down the drain. <laughs> Resolutions are not here to stay. We, people, who are saved, members of the church, all the churches, we do have some aspirations. We have good intentions. Say, this year I want to serve you more. Or I want to do that for God more. And you realize that the old year, as you sit in your seat, I said, well, I should have done that. I should have lived. I, I did not accomplish this. Don't come down hard on yourself at all. Don't. Do not. Because God knows our capacity. This is why I say resolutions throw them out the window. And ask God to give you the help to live a better life, pleasing him. And then whatever it is, he will give you strength on a day-to-day basis. Art resolved, but he broke his... How many resolutions are being broken after one week? Or two weeks? Or one month? They don't last. They don't last. I hope... Those people who make resolutions to go on a diet, it will last. I know, for each and everyone's health. That's good. But so many times, it's a big struggle. So, the best thing is to say, Lord, give me strength so I can serve you more and love you more. Aspirations. And you know what you realize, what brings you down and brings everyone down, is when you realize that, The old year is sadly, sadly tiptoeing away and you still have so many things to do that you promised God to do them this year. Isn't that true? What a poor record we have if we have to put before God all the resolutions we made in life and we did not accomplish them. Poor record, but thank God. We have a God who sympathizes with us. And he said, away with these resolutions. I am here to help you live your life on a daily basis according to my will. Have those honest intentions rendered you a little bit dreary and sad? Because you were not able to fulfill them all? Let me ask you a question and go back with me to our forefathers and their commitments. Let's take them one by one, but we have no time. Let me mention Abraham, Jacob, Moses, in the New Testament, Old Testament, David, 
Peter, Paul, all of them, at a certain time, they failed. And they failed. And they failed. But God picked them up. God forgave them. More deeper than that. And God mightily used them. With power. And whatever the past experience this year. Whatever were successes. Or failures. God. Will honor your intentions. And he will encourage you. To go forward with him. Remember. That. God is here to encourage each and every one of us. As I said last week, He is not waiting us to fail. He is not waiting for us to fail. He is waiting to see us grow. And He is ready to push us forward. He knows our infirmities. And He doesn't dwell on our infirmities. On the contrary, he offers new enablement for the future. He said, son, daughter, let's get up. Let's go again. And he gives us another what? Chance. Because he's the God of a second chance. And third and fourth and fifth. So if you've been thinking about what have I done? As long as say, Lord, I want to do more, but I want you to help me. I want you to be working through me. And perhaps we failed in some or many situations because we thought we can accomplish it by ourselves. As children of God, as people who are saved and God has changed our lives. We cannot do anything on our own. Paul the Apostle said, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things. And you can tell the devil who tells you, okay, you failed again. You're going to fail next week and next month and next year. Tell the devil, get behind me, devil. I am going to succeed because I am walking through our victorious Lord. And hand in hand, we are going to reach the other shore. Do not dwell on that. The Lord is so good. You know why? He who was with all the men of God. Remember, they failed. I mean, if you want great failures, look at Abraham. He went to Egypt. He He was completely away from God. David, you know the story. And all others. And Moses we know about. But what did he do? He took them by the hand and led them into great victorious life. Because what? He is the same yesterday and today and forever. Same God.
So, this stone of help is a remembrance and encouragement for you and for me. Get encouraged. And we're going to start anew on Tuesday morning. And this year, regardless what you have accomplished, you might have great, great things have done for Christ. Just forget them and start anew. So you can do more. Now, my second point is this. The Lord has helped us and blessed us because he wanted us to learn new lessons. Learn new lessons. How many times we've gone through a situation in our lives and after the situation is gone and you come to a place of rest and sit down before God and you can tell. Be honest with yourselves. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Many lessons were learned during the last years. I believe that. Many. And have not the past 12 months taught us, again, that the simpler our life is, the richer and more restful it becomes. God wants us to lead a simple life. Not a complicated life. A rushed life. We see ourselves so many times rushing from here and there. And we forget. And neglect. The most important thing is to meet with God every morning before we go anywhere else and pray. How's our prayer life? How was your prayer life? How's mine? Ask yourself this question. Is the rush life more better? Going here and there and forgetting to honor God. The very first thing in your life. How many times we failed, we confessed, and he forgave and offered another chance. And we know that by theory, God is going to help us through any situation we go through. But when we go through the situation, the theory goes away and we fall. And I'm not reminding you of your failures, nor of your successes, but I'm reminding you of God, the everlasting faithful, that he doesn't look at your, at your failure and say, ha ha, I caught you. Did you, ever, did you ever hear God doing this with anyone? No. When we go to him, what does he do? He just forgives and gives us another opportunity to go ahead. How many times say, okay, during this situation, I learned my lesson. Okay. And I know it says, commit, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and how he will bring it to pass. And we go. And then... We looked at the phone. Instead of going to the, giving it to the Lord, pick up the phone, call friends. What do I do? Call this person. Try to, try to uh, 
explain it. Try to come analyze it specially. And we don't get anywhere with that. Because we forget. And we forgot many times that we should commit our life and trust him. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will bring it what? To pass. And in other versions says, he will do it. Did we remember, you fretted sometimes, right? What does the Bible say? Fret not. You worried. And the Bible says, be not anxious. You said, this is bigger than me. Says, but this is not bigger than me. We said, it's my end. It's the end. It's no more. That's it. I cannot handle it. And miraculously, the Lord turns things around and gives you a new hope, a new encouragement. Yes or no? Lesson learned? I hope so. What does it say in the Bible? The Lord is my shepherd. Do we really take these words to our hearts? He's our shepherd. Did we in the past? How was this year? We're not done with this year. It's still two days. Okay. Is he really the shepherd? And how many times you think, okay, I, I, I worry. So many people worry death of their ability, especially in our age and, and days that we are experiencing. And so many people say, how can I provide for and support my family? How can I continue with what's going on around us? Right, how many times? But somehow, somewhere, the Lord brings you through. Aren't we here? I'm going to die. Do you think you can die if you decide to die? Try, decide to die. Say, I want to die today. The Lord says, smiles, he says. Or, I want to live till I am 100 years. He smiles. Death and life are in the hands of the Lord. You're not going to die until the appointed time. So why don't we trust the Lord? Why keep, keep everything in your hands? Fret not. Worry not. Be anxious? No. It's easier said than done. It's easier said than done. But we should have faith that God is the one to be trusted. And he's the one who comes through, not us. You have experience like this. Is lessons, are these lessons learned? This is why it's don't remember this far. This far. The Lord has brought us through. He brought you through. And he who brought you through can carry on for the future. Paul said, well, I've had my share of worries. I've had my shares of beating. I have my shares of disappointments. And I had my shares of joys. But... In all these things, we are more than conquerors 
through one who loves us. But he said one thing more. He said, whatever happens, one thing I do. He said, you know, I have two things. One thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind. Soon we'll say bye-bye to the year. With its failures. With its victories. We are going to say bye-bye. But forget all these. Forgetting what lies behind. And reaching forward to what lies ahead. Are you, are you there for that? I want to encourage you with this. Because we've gone through a lot. Together and on a personal basis. We've been through a lot. But guess what? He who is with us a greater is greater than he is who is in the world. Right? Keep that in mind. My third point is this stone to remember is that whatever, whatever God allows, remember this point, whatever God allows into our lives or whatever he allowed in the past and the future is his, he never makes mistakes. He never makes mistakes. We question God. Why me? Yeah? Don't we hear it many times? Why me? Why did this happen? Why I am not like others? We look at others. And jealousy creeps in. Please run away from that. Why me? Run away from that. And trust God that he is dealing with you to help you. To promote you. To give you a better life. And to learn to teach you a lesson that you will never forget. You know what someone said? There are 3,300 divine promises in the Bible. If you don't know that, take it. Start reading the Bible. And count them. If you come up with more, congratulations. That's great. 3,300. And our Lord over-fulfills them all. He never failed in any one of them. And please, if you have blamed God, ask forgiveness and do not blame Him for that. Blame yourself. He only wants us to remember that He is God and He does not change. Most of all, he is, uh, he is there to encourage us, shepherd us, guide us, and to remind us that he never makes mistakes. Never. Whatever happens. And everything he says will work for good to them that love God. I read this story and it affected me with regards to our God and his dealings. And he never makes mistakes about a farmer. I love the story of farmer. Farmer, by the noonday heat, he was so tired, he sat under a walnut tree, or a walnut tree, to rest in the midst of his 
big land that he was working in. Relaxing, he looked at his pumpkin patch there and looked at the vine and he said to himself, how strange it is that God puts such a big heavy pumpkins on a frail vine. Have you seen them when you go? It's frail vine. That has so little strength, it has to trail on the ground. Can't move. And then looking up into the cool branches of the tree above him, which is a walnut tree, he added, how strange it is that God puts small walnuts on such big branches in the tree, so strong they could hold a man. And you know what? He lost his relaxing moment. And I want to stop for a second. How many times when we try to relax, okay, and the devil comes with an idea, the devil comes with, with a thought, the devil comes, especially when you want to go to bed, and he comes to you, and your sleep is gone. And you thought you are going to rest, and he thought he was going to rest. He says, well, how come? He started uh, reasoning. He couldn't understand. He said, what logic is this? As if he was questioning the logic of God. I mean, this should be up and this should be down. And he was, I mean, but yet, let me say this. Let me comment myself. The logic of God is not logic for us. And our logic is far away from God's logic. And we can, the things we complain about is there for God to train us and make us better Christians and better people. What logic? While he was, while he was thinking and he was busy thinking and trying to understand it because the devil got into this and he just lost his train of thought. But in the middle of this, a breeze started coming. And the breeze dislodged one of the walnuts and it fell one inch away from his ear here, from his head. One inch. The tired farmer wondered no more. He sat down as he rubbed his head ruefully and said, it is a good thing there wasn't a pumpkin up on the tree. <laughs> Lessons learned, huh? Does he make mistakes? Why question that? He wanted the pumpkin. And you know what? If that pumpkin fell, his head was gone. He's a dead man. And how many times? This year, that ha- that's coming to an end. God allowed so many walnuts to hit us or come around us and he never hit us with a pumpkin pie. Pie, pie. pie yes, okay. Pumpkin patch. You know how big they grow? They grow, they grow them to be 600 pounds sometimes. Let's take one with 50 pounds. What would happen to your head or your ear? Our logic is different than God's logic. And God, does he make mistakes? You've, you've seen many walnuts during this year fall around you. How many times God prevented you from going through it and being hit by many things that you never saw and I never saw. 
And he loves us so much that he says, leave yourself in my hands. Give yourself to me. And I will carry you through. You will not be here, he said, if I weren't taking care of you all the days of 2012. And you know what? And if you surrender to that thought, and if you surrender to him, he will take care of you for the rest, not of the year, of your life. Dear Christian, dear brothers and sisters, when the breezes of life blow, And the Lord wants to teach us a lesson. Please remember that God is greater than you and me and wiser than you and me. And his logic is the logic that we should go by. And God makes no mistakes. He wants to bring us to full maturity as we pass on through this life. He then, we should say, he deserves our praise, doesn't he? And we can say, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Say it with me, thus far, the Lord has helped us. So whatever you've been through this year, and whatever comes for the future, it's by his design and according to his will. Thus far. The Lord has helped us. Have a happy new year. I'll see you tomorrow night at 6.30. Let's pray. Father, we confess our weaknesses. We confess our hearts. We confess that we fail so many times in our intentions and aspirations. We make promises we cannot fulfill. But they are all under the blood. They are all cancelled checks. Thrown out. And we look forward. To please you more. And to love you more. To honor you more. And obey you more. May we say Lord. Lessons are learned. And take from you. The encouragement we need. And live as we heard, as ambassadors for Christ, being a blessing and leaving a blessing behind us. Bless this congregation. We pray for those who are ill, those who are out of town, those who are going through a lot, Lord, of pain and agony. We trust you, Lord. We give ourselves and leave everything in your hands and know very well that your logic is far above ours because you're such a loving God. Bless us and dismiss us. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.